Minadnock region, and welcome to Go Mo Tonight. It is Thursday, October 14th, and we are here in the Space Lounge. I'm your host, Chris Loretto. I'm Zoe Roten-Heinzman. And I'm Sam Abbott. And not only do you have the pleasure of our company tonight, but we are really pleased to announce that we have our very first guest with us uh, at the end of the program, Corinne Chronopoulos, the one and only. Uh, our esteemed library director is going to join us. But first, but first, we lead off with our top story tonight, which is the tale of the big boom. This refers to an event last Sunday at about 1120 in the morning that uh, many uh, is a very wide radius, uh, you know, from, you know, everybody Far, you know, a little bit north of here, all the way down to like Fitchburg, Mass, and like uh, Milford and Amherst. And like they either heard something that sounded like thunder, or in some cases, their houses shook. Um, they felt a rumble, and it was very mysterious. A big topic on the Peterborough page, biggest topic of the week, easily. Um, and we had a lot of big stories this week. Um, and it was mysterious. There was no seismic activity recorded. And there was no thunderstorm going on. So tell me, where, you where were you? I was, I was right here. Actually, I was in this room. I was on the couch right over there. And did you experience the, the boom? Yeah, um, it, it didn't sound like a boom to me, actually. So when our garage door opens, right, it's a it's a big rumble as it as it goes up. Right. And Kelly was grocery shopping. And she had been gone for a while. So it plausibly could have been her returning. So I was like, oh, Kelly's back. Cool. And then, and she had taken Manny with her too. So I was there, just me and the cats. So um, when I, when she didn't come in, I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't her, you know, wonder what those damn cats are up to. And then it was 20 minutes later that I saw someone on the Facebook page being like, hey, what was that noise 20 minutes ago? And I like, I, I like did the math and I was like, I was like, that was it. And finally, it happened to me because, like, I have felt one of the earthquakes that we've gotten in the last 10 years, but missed the rest of them. Mm -hmm. I never see the aurora. I never, you know, like, I miss all the good shit. So I was happy that I heard the boom. But what about you guys? No. Nothing? Nothing? I was actually, go ahead. I was texting my mortgage broker for something who's, like, her office is in Bedford. I think she lives, like, greater Manchester. And we were texting about something, and then she said, did you hear that? Which I <laughs> immediately knew was not intended to be sent to me. It was supposed to go to somebody else personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being, my, being who I am, I said, yeah, an exclamation point or something. I responded you know, positively because I knew later she'd look and think, what the fuck? Why did he, <laughs> Why did he agree to it? But yeah. uh, that, was, that was the first thing that tipped me off. And then our, our neighbor was in Missouri and texted Lindsay and I to say, could we go check on her husband who was home? Because she heard in Missouri. That there was a mysterious boom. That there was. Oh, I don't yeah. think she actually heard it in Missouri. But that there <laughs> I'm sure was. She, yeah, well, I, yeah, a I big bang. And I thought, well, I texted Lindsay because I was at home and said, hey, could you go check on him? And then he called her and everything was fine. Maybe aliens, though. I've, I've heard. Yeah. So, well, so I was outside. I was outside at church doing some Lego work with a kid and a, and another volunteer, and we heard it. And the kid was like, "Oh my gosh, we got to go inside." That was some really loud thunder. And I, oh, I was wow. like, I really don't think. I mean, church was almost over at that point. I was like, we can go ahead and go inside. 
but it sounded to me like a sonic boom. And I was just like convinced it was like a plane, but like, but it was really long, but it didn't Uh, have mm -hmm. like a thunder quality to my ear. Yeah. It didn't remind me of thunder either. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. But so, you know, there's no, um, the only planes that go supersonic anymore are military. And the, the air force was like, yo, we, we weren't there. And like, yeah, I mean, like maybe they would lie, you know, cause like the government lies and whatnot, but like, why, you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, there's, they, they, they do fly over a lot and they tell you, you know what I mean? Like, they're not like, Oh no, it's a secret where our planes are, you know? But, um, but did you hear about the secret military bases like under the ground all over the region? <laughs> that's a, that's a thing that people say. That's a, um, I just heard, to me. I just heard that this week. Yes, me too. Yeah. In in regards to the boom, but but before um, we get into that, because there's there's one inkling of truth to it that is odd to me that I was not aware of. But so they're saying though, for those of you who I mean, I can't imagine there's anybody in this region listening to this who doesn't already know the um, not really outcome, but um, where we stand currently with regard to the the big boom. Um, which is that the, um, you know, between the denials of the seismologists, the meteorologists and the military, um, people believe it was a, um, a space object, a, a meteor, um, but not a meteor. Um, I, at first I thought that they meant a meteor that like, because it's going into the atmosphere so fast, it makes a sonic boom, but no, apparently they are talking about an exploding meteor. Like the meteor comes in and instead of just like, eroding away from the friction it like blows up um and there's a name for it it's like a bolio or something like that's bolide 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 or something yeah oh. something like that yeah that sounds familiar um, and so um that's probably what happened there's and and there's one satellite somewhere up in space that um captured like something going by it at that moment Huh. And that's part of why they think that that it's like corroborating evidence, I guess. Um, that's really you know. cool. It's cool. I think I'm it's cool. That's the thing. Is that, yeah. I mean, these are some of the things that I always would have wanted to happen as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear a boom from a space rock coming in. You know what I mean? Like, I want UFOs fucking everywhere and senators talking about it. You know? like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what happened. That's what we, that's if that's 2021. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um but I, I have actually felt an Be earthquake. Be careful what once. you wish for, kids. <laughs> I have what? actually felt an earthquake. I was riding my bike in Oregon, and I fell off my bike. I just, like, fell off. And I was like, God, I'm, I suck. I suck at bikes. And I found out, like, hours later it was an earthquake. And then I was like, all right, you blamed I yourself. better now. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, that's pretty funny. That you can funny. always blame your bike accidents. Now, well, now you've got earthquakes or meteors. You can just be like, it was a meteor. I just couldn't help it. I <laughs> swear to God, the ground moved. Um, <laughs> that is always what I will say. Um, but so underground bases, though, like, um, so <laughs> there really is a Space Force base in New Boston, New Hampshire. Yes. Space, did you know that? Space. Like the I new did actually know branch? that. But it's, it's not, not underground. It's not old band, but um, what? But it's not underground. Well, some, 
I think some people are claiming that like there is an underground base as part of this base. Okay. Um, but so I asked my buddy about it and I guess like he was aware of it as an air force base because it only recently transitioned, um, uh, officially over to the new branch of the military, but that I, uh, he was under the impression anyways, that as an air force base, there was like seven people there. And I, it sounds like there's a lot more people there now. Um, so just some interesting shit, you know, we've got a space telescope in Hancock. We've got a space military base, um, you know, a half hour away in new Boston. Um, there's space rocks falling overhead. They, they somehow they think that the epicenter of the sound was Hillsboro. I don't know how they can tell that if, especially if it's something that blew up like several miles up, you know, but there's like, actually there's a height that it had to have been too. It had to be like 30 miles up when it exploded, which means it actually made it in a fair ways before blowing up because otherwise we never would have heard it if it was like much higher than that. Um, so it had to be, like within 30 miles of the surface. That sounds really high, but I guess, I guess they blow up a lot higher than that. We don't hear about it. Huh. I had yeah. no idea there was a space force. I just looked it up. Oh God, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Donald Trump did this. He made a new military branch called Space Force. It's wow. the, yeah, we, have the, we now have the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Space Force. And the Coast yeah. Guard. All right, sorry. I don't mean to slight the Coast Guard. There's the Marine Corps, too. It's a oh, yeah. The- yeah but, no, but the Marine Corps is technically part of the Navy. I know. I'm just saying. Most people I don't. I know. They don't like that, but. They don't let it slide in under the Navy, though. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. There could be some Marine-owned businesses out there who won't. I'm a, I'm a former United States, States Marine. You know that, right? I do know that. Okay, I good. Know that. I blamed something on you the other day. That's oh, true. Was- the library being <laughs> closed. The library being closed on Veterans Day. <laughs> yes, I was like, Sam, the, the library's closed because of you. Um, so, so we can't do an event that day. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I don't forget. Never forget. Never forget. That's good. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> but, yes, I don't know. If we ever learn more about the Space Force base, like, I don't know, maybe we could get the commander uh, to come on the program. Sometime, I I doubt it, but you never know. We should go. We can have our legal team reach out. We'll have to include New Boston. That's our- true. That's true. We haven't really been including New Boston, but and well, I'll, I don't know if we can get into this tonight because we got to move on. But it did. I will say, from the perspective of like future, the 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 concept of like future greater Imperial Peterborough. You know, the fact that there's like a nearby, there's actually like a nearby federal military installation that's got to impact the concept a little bit. I mean, you can't annex any land that has a military installation on it and you shouldn't get too close either. Mm. Mm. Not that we're seceding. I mean, we're not really taking anything from the USA. We're just taking it from the other towns. Is Francis town off the table then or just new Boston? No, no, France. We just Francis we want Francis covered. Down. Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. we want oh, I know. Okay, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, we, I don't think we can close. Call. I mean, it's pretty close. Well, look, if the colonel over there or whatever came over to tell me not to take Francis Town, but that he would 
let go, if we stop just shy of there, then we would let go of the idea of Francis down. If if he agrees to come on this show, he can have Francis down. <laughs> 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 Is that going too exactly. far? <laughs> no. Well, let's not give away the store here. He may be listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should address him be. if he's listening. He might be. Um, but all right, we gotta we gotta move on. If if there are any developments about space, space force, the Hancock telescope, the underground military bases, or the big boom, we will cover it again in an upcoming episode. But for we now, will connect those we gotta, threads. We gotta move on to a much more somber story, which is that there was a bird theft. What appears to have been a targeted bird theft. Two parrots. Wow. Stolen. From I think it's the I think it's the dude who owns Mickey's Garage. Like I think it's I think and that's where it was stolen from. He was stole his house it? there? Oh, somebody okay. stole it. Like somebody no, like and it birds. sounds like somebody. His yeah, birds they stole his birds. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. They stole his birds, and um, it seems like they like broke in to take the birds. Like I don't think that they like stole his TV and shit. Like you know what I mean? Like I think they went in and like took his birds. And left, and you know he's pissed, understandably. Why? What are the motives here? Who who did this? And now there's a reward. There's rewards out there. Like I saw a woman named Elizabeth Thomas offer a one hundred dollar reward um, for the capture and return of the birds. And then I saw like three or four people saying like, I will match your reward. And so like now there's like hundreds of dollars at stake. If you can find and bring these birds back. Um, I assume. It reminds me of of an old Western thing where you nail the wanted thing on the side. So, you know, is it, who are we after? Are we after the birds or are we after the person that stole them? And, and, you know, what's the reward? Is it dead or alive? It's, I mean, well, I think in terms of the people who stole them, it's dead or alive, but you want the birds alive. (laughs) And like, I mean, I hope they don't kill the birds. I mean, because I think we've talked about this, not on this. I'm not going to kill them. But parrots. Parrots live like longer than people or like, I don't know, really a really long time. Those parrots. In fact, they live long enough that it really kind of actually bothers me. If I think about it too much, I'm like, how the fuck does a parrot live a hundred years? Like what the hell? Why? Why a parrot? You know, like of all things, like I can understand why like whales and shit live a really long time. I mean, like they're just like swimming around in salt water. Like I get it. Like, I don't know. Gravity has less of an effect on them because they're in the water, you know? So, like, it's, you know, birds can fly, but they still have gravity. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, Why a parrot? And why not any other birds? Like, birds just croak all the time. Yeah, true. Yeah. Are they the only ones, though, that live long? Is it only the parrot? What about the ostrich? What's the life expectancy of an ostrich? Never thought about See, it. This is where, like, if we ever become a rich podcast, we're going to have, like, a producer, like, over there where we're like, hey, Jerry, look up how long a t- an ostrich lives. But instead, <laughs> I'll do it myself um, because we're new and, and we're poor and stuff. How but the, long the saddest we- part, while you're looking that up, the saddest part of yeah. that, the parrot thing, is, like, the guy's note about it that I saw online where he was like, if you, if you thought you could give him a better life, and just asked for them, I would give them to you. And I was like, oh, man. 
Wow. Yeah, I, I saw that too. Friends. Yeah, that was hard, kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, so um, ostriches live a fairly long time. Nothing like a parrot, but um, okay. it's, it's interesting. It sounds like no one knows how long they actually live in the wild. In zoos, they live 40 years. Oh, all right. Um, up to 40 that? years. Yeah. Up to 40, yeah. I think they're yeah. like one of the oldest birds, though, or not in terms of life. Expected. Oh, evolutionarily? I think so. Something oh, yeah. there's oh, interesting. Okay. to the ostrich. I mean, they're also giant fucking birds, but other other than that, I think there's there's other significance there. I have a question about the bird thieving. Yeah, he's a musical guy. I don't know him well. I, we've had yes, right. friends and whatever. We've been around each other for a long time, but we're not personally, uh, you know, well acquainted. But he's a musical guy. I know that. And so this whole thing, oddly, it reminds me of us talking about the accordions. And I wonder, in a roundabout way, what was anything else taken? Does he does he happen? Does he happen to own an accordion or an organ or an organ? But you know, it was were the birds just a cover up? You know, is there more to the story here? Well, we don't. I mean, you know, um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, we don't have the results of the police investigation. We don't. We don't necessarily have the facts here. Um, you're right. All of this is based on just a Facebook post that, you know, does not necessarily have to reveal all of the details. Um, not that we question the story. Don't jump all over us. But at the same time, if there was someone who wanted to do a hoax of this kind, you know, and they posted a couple of pictures of like an empty cage on Facebook with a big rant. I mean, you could do that. Um, sometimes. Obviously, this is a real story. But sometimes it's concepts like this that make me just think about all of the incredibly devious social experiments we could do if we really wanted to mess with people. Um, because we could make up all kinds of stories that people around here would probably believe. No offense, audience. Would they believe it if it were Even after I say that. What's that? <laughs> Even after I say that. Would they believe it if it were us telling the stories, though? I don't know. I don't know how much credibility I, we have with those sorts of things. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I've been watching, um, the show succession and, um, it's about, <laughs> it's about this like fake rich family. Right. And it's like, a, there's a patriarch and his kids. Um, it's, so it's a family owned company. Right. And it's kind of like, it's like a combination of like, um, like Rupert Murdoch's news corp, uh, with a little bit of like Trump sprinkled in plus like Walt Disney. Um, that's like this, it's like that. So like the company has like, they own like right wing news media and theme parks and cruise lines. Um, and it, it, so it's, it's this weird, like mishmash kind of thing, you know? And I think I was reading in a review, something about the, um, the, the patriarch of the family, um, who was, it was a very callous, um, and, and ruthless, uh, businessman and, and dad, um, and parent. Um, but they were like, you know, the thing I like about the depiction of him is that like <laughs> he can admit that he was lying and then tell you something else that you also know is a lie. And he just told you that it was basically and you'll believe him. Um, and I like to think I can do that, too. Um, <laughs> the reality distortion field. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, we wouldn't do that to you guys. We wouldn't do that. 
but what we would do though is interject in the middle of a fantastic, really interesting and very funny conversation about local current events, a moment for a sponsor. <laughs> you have a business, a, these guys think this is funny. This is serious. This is the point in the program. See, we've got everybody hooked with this great discussion of, of birds and um, aliens and, and kernels and stuff. Um, and now when they can't do anything about it, because otherwise they'll, they'll miss the rest of the episode, we can talk about your, your restaurant, your business, your service, um, your candidate, anything that you would like to do will be read in a personalized message by me, just like in this, in a, in a very soothing radio voice that will simply compel people to go out and experience what it is that you have to offer. The opportunity is yours. Time is limited though. Get in here before your competitors do so that you can defeat them. All right. Let's talk about the Jaffrey construction because uh, we've got a few, uh, got a few thoughts there. Yeah, so, they, uh, so Jaffrey in, is uh, a couple of rotaries. Right. Yes. Traffic circle. And I read that the, the lab and logger is, yes. is doomed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I saw a rumor, but but it didn't say this in the ledger transcript. I saw a rumor online that the golden walk, golden walk. Oh, that's my favorite. That's the that's the pineapple the pineapple the, rice place. The pineapple rice place, where I yeah, spent I an amazing New Year's Eve picking up some takeout for several hours. Yeah, um, that Chris didn't well, get to oh, eat because yeah. he was sick. Because I was violently ill. Yeah, um, that might be doomed as well. I'm not sure. That's true. That sucks. I hope that doesn't go. See the lab and logger thing. It's like, that's like a controlled loss because like the, um, the owner, Donnie, like he's known that he's going to lose it for years. And that's part of why he bought the, um, the Shattuck. Um, uh, yeah. Wow. So, you know what I mean? So he's kind of had a plan to get out from under and he's going to, you know, it's eminent domain. So he's going to make a decent, um, like he's not going to lose money on it anyways. Right. Uh, but they're closed because because of this. Um, they closed actually six months ago or so because like he tried to reopen after COVID, um, but staff didn't really want to come in because it was already known that the place was going to be demolished for the rotary. So like nobody wanted to commit to a job that could end in three, six, nine. Turns out it would have been more like eighteen months, um, but nobody knew that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they just shut it down because. It's understandable, I think. Don't they have a second location in Keene? Well, the, the Keene one is the first location. That's first. Okay, gotcha. That's the first location. Anyway. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I I was I was there before the grand opening. That was like my spot. Like I yeah, like uh, for years, for several years. Um, Lab and Lager number one. Very different place now. Popping, not my not my type of scene. I even I think it was like as long as. Um, four or five years ago. So I was even younger than I am now, but like we did like a socialism thing at Keene state or something. And I grabbed, like, there was a couple people we were with. They're like, yeah, let's go grab a drink. You know, I was like, all right, well, like, lab and loggers across the street. It was a Thursday night. Um, I had to wait in line for a couple of minutes to get in, which like, I just, I refuse to wait in line to get into places. I hate that. And then we get in there and I'm like, wow, I'm like, I am 10,000 years old which you never feel in Peterborough. You know what I mean? Like that's a strange feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I am 10,000 years. There, there was like a DJ and there was dancing and like, you know, 
wow. packed. You know, I was like, are you kidding me? It wasn't like that. That was not the scene when um, it was it was my spot. But um, yeah, so that's the original and it's still humming. And it certainly seems like the Dublin Road Tap Room um, and the Shattuck Golf Course are both doing quite, quite well. Um, and, you know, like I said, they'll, they'll buy the building and, and pay him for the business. So, but the, the thing is, is that the news came out that the construction is like sort of slated to start in like 2022 and like sort of might end in 2025, which is probably totally normal. But I just want to say this to the residents of Peterborough who are just constantly upset that the two year bridge project is going to take two years. Um, constantly just really you know it's never fallen behind schedule it was always a two-year project nobody's ever revised anything they told us everything up front and it's like despite several natural disasters and like you know equipment in the river and shit it's still like on track i think they're going to open a lane in a couple of months even um it, it looks I mean, there's a bridge there now there's like yeah there's something there um, it's awesome Stone i thought it was right. supposed to be done in the fall this year no, so they're supposed to like open a lane before the end of 2021 and then fully oh. open it by the end of the two-year period, which would be like April or something. Okay. Yeah, so they got time. They're, they got time to finish this thing up. But, um, you know, just thank your lucky stars that you're not in Jaffrey, where your entire downtown is being demolished in two places for a three-year timetable, right? <sighs> So that's the one rotary by the lab and logger. Where's the other one? Where is the other one? I don't know. Is it uh, at the fringe intersection? It can't be there, right? There's no the other. Map, well, the map isn't in the paper. Where the hell else would they put a rotary? It's like there's a I mean, very nice picture map that I saw somewhere, but it wasn't in the paper. So and no, granted, let's also be clear that this rotary, the first, the first one, they call them roundabouts here. Um, for some reason, um, it, it, there, it is a five-way intersection, which is is never really a good thing to have. So, like, I totally oh, get man. that. It's brutal. Um, and the second one's going to be on on River Street. There's going to be a new bridge over the river there, and then the uh -huh. the second rotary will be on the other side of the river. Oh, yeah. So, kind of like sort of near each other. Yeah, they are near each other if you look at the picture. It's like, you know, you come into Jaffrey on 202 and like right there where Golden Walk is, there's going to be the first one. And then the new, you know, right now you have to kind of like turn right and then turn left again to get across the river yep. to keep going on 202. Now yeah, you're going to kind of yeah, yeah. go through the rotary, yeah, you're gonna like cross the river into another rotary. It's going to oh, be wow. right there. Wow. Yeah. That is like going to be disruptive. That's wicked disruptive. Oh my god! What, so what's yeah. the what's the detour? You know what I mean? That's like, so you're I imagine. Well, well, no. So I get. think, yeah, but I think with a rotary, at least, unlike a bridge, like I don't think they ever have to fully shut it down. You know oh, what I mean? So you could have okay. a lane open probably at all times. You know, and have Even people one lane traffic. through there. Oh yeah, it's brutal, forced. brutal. It's going to be backed up halfway to Peterborough. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not even just right there, but then the other one right there. I mean, even that intersection is a disaster. Totally now, crazy. Which is totally why they're crazy. doing it, but still, with all that, that's going to be horrible. I'm never going to go through Jaffrey again, at least until so be, 2025 or whatever the hell it is. Be grateful, Peter, bro. Be grateful, and you never got a boil water order either. So um, yeah, 
you know, there was there was like a couple months there where Peterborough was looking really shaky in comparison to the area towns. But a uh, couple of things have happened in the area towns that it's like, yeah, you know, we're not doing so bad. Um, other than, other than the missing money Karen took, um, but and missing birds, uh, maybe those are connected. Oh God! Did she take the birds too? You think oh, she would really hate this town. Wow. <laughs> well, all right. Next thing I did, I wanted to mention Peterborough in this actually. So, you know, I still have not renewed my ledger transcripts uh, subscription here, but I have older ones laying around. And so this is a really old one. And actually this is hilarious too, because this is the Thursday, August 26th edition of the paper. And these are the police logs from Friday, July 16th. So it's like ancient history by the time it even gets in the newspaper here. But I happened to have this laying around and I just, I was like, I was about to throw it away and I just started looking at it. And I just want to, I just happened to notice that on, so this is Friday, July 16th in Peterborough. Um, there's, there were not one, but two summonses issued. Uh, one at one twenty-four p.m., Heather Savage, 34, of Milford, was issued a summons charging her with possession of marijuana less, less than three-quarters of an ounce. The next one was at 6 p.m., Don Ward of Swansea was issued a summons for possession of marijuana less than three-quarters of an ounce. What are these people doing to get summons for this? Because <laughs> it is it is decriminalized. And as far as, I mean, I make jokes about how they made it legal. Um, because like, uh, I don't know, for all intents and purposes, it is, um, for some of us anyways. And how I'm pretty sure it's less than three quarters of an ounce that, so, so, I mean, it's also possible that what they're writing up in the police report as summons just means ticket, because I'm pretty sure that is the penalty for less than three quarters of an ounce is a ticket. Maybe they're just calling instead of calling, I, I don't know. I would, I would think you would call it a citation typically, but um, maybe they're saying some, I don't know why you'd have to go to court for that um, because they're not going to prosecute you. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that was strange. And what, I don't know. What did the cops, was this an investigation? Like, were these people walking down the street, like smoking pot? Because I feel like you have to do that in this town to get bagged for this. I mean, maybe smoking in your car but i think usually the log would note that you know what i mean right. that there was a traffic stop and, mar- and and they were cited for having marijuana but it doesn't say that you know so like how how are you getting caught you know like i i don't know if anybody has any information about how you get caught smoking marijuana in peterborough in 2021 write to deloretto at manadnockunderground.com and um, because we we would we'll bring you on the program we'd love to hear your story about how you got caught anybody you know either of the two people in the citation too i mean in the police log if you if you're listening to this and you want to come on and tell your tale i would love to hear about how this is possible um strange world we live in all right what else do we want to talk about tonight well, I, I see that you uh, have worn a nice cardigan for our show well, tonight. It, if you remember, in the last episode, I vowed that at peak foliage, that's when I would do it. And it, sh- you know, it was, it was really very interesting because we recorded last Thursday night. 
last Friday, I hiked Monadnock and the colors were very good. But then we all went to sleep Friday night and we woke up on Saturday morning and like something had happened overnight because there was a lot more colors all of a sudden, the whole thing. So, I mean, I feel like we don't always all agree on what, uh, what peak actually is or when it is, you know, exactly. But it seems pretty peaky, peaky enough for me to get on this sweater, especially since I am now apparently also as of the last episode, the resident Mr. Rogers, um, around here giving the friendly neighborhood advice won't you all be my neighbor <laughs> speaking of um friendly neighbors though we do have to issue a correction um to something that we stated last week which was we mentioned the fact that in our in our voices section which has several new pieces up that i should mention we have um the debut of uh of mary beth hallinan we have um um oh Roxanne Roxanne Loudon um had her first piece go up uh this week Sam's we had Sam Sam took us on a tour through 59 Pine Street which is this gorgeous brick colonial that I've always been fascinated by um and you know kind of gave us a visual look and that's just part one we're gonna have part two come out next week so uh more to follow there and uh, we had Sarah Aborn's second piece Sarah is our overachiever Zoe and I haven't even written once yet and Sarah has written twice. Um, and this, um, this seems like a good, uh, a good time to mention that um, Sarah's doing meditations on um, Wednesday mornings at Shakti Arts um, downtown in Peterborough at 7 there's, in the morning. There's an evening one too, right? I think it's Tuesday nights maybe. I don't have it in front of me. That Where's sounds right. T- Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. We'll try to um, – before we – put this episode out. We'll put the real time in the episode notes. Um, but yeah, go, go check that out. Um, I know I keep meaning to, um, but, uh, I've been tied up in the evening ones and I just, I'm not an early riser, but I want to, I want to get up early and go meditate. And even if I go back to bed after, you know, I feel like it would help. But, um, anyway, Sarah has written now two pieces that actually both of them contain practical, um, basically guiding you through what, um, you know, exercises you can do on your own to um, improve your day and, um, and give yourself a little bit of much needed healing. So um, highly recommended there. But um, getting back to what I was saying, we, we mentioned that um, Kayla Law in her debut piece, we had, uh, we had mentioned that we have dubbed her the voice of Francistown and um, that people had, uh, people had more or less accepted it. Um, and so um, we want to correct the record to reflect that we have learned without without giving any details, we have learned that not everyone is accepting this. There are actually people who are not very impressed with the idea of Kayla being the voice of Francistown. Um, we stand by our pronouncement, but we just want to correct the record that some people are a little bit irritated by it. Um, and that's just going to have to be the way that it is. So... Um, I don't know. I think um, I think that our 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 listeners, though, at this point, um, are really sticking around because they would like to hear from Corinne. So um, let's go ahead and uh, turn it over to our esteemed library director, Corinne, and we're going to just end the show after that. So um, you know, let me just say to everyone out there, you know, until we see you again next week in the Space Lounge, follow good advice. Whoa, whoa.
Well, hello everyone. As promised, we are thrilled to bring you our very first special guest, Peterborough's one and only library director, Corinne Chronopoulos. Hey, Corinne, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So Peterborough has this beautiful new library, and I say beautiful only having seen it from the outside because confession time, I have about 50 books checked out and I don't really want to step back into the library without bringing at least <laughs> half of them with me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's mm -hmm. a good number. Two thirds. A Two third? thirds. Two thirds? Okay. Two thirds. Well, <laughs> well I'm, hoping, I'm hoping I'll get it together before long, but um, I've heard the it's The old marvelous. library guilt problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's I've heard it's marvelous. And uh, how how are you? How are you settling in? I'm really good. If you had asked me last week, even um, I'd still be crying and in the fetal position. But it's it's starting to kind of come together, and I unpacked part of my office, and you know we're getting into a groove. So we're we're good. Are you and joining so us? So you should know. Yeah, you should know there are no fines. No overdue books. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, there's really no fear involved with overdue books. Just it's, saying. It's just like a principle. <laughs> I've just had them for so long at this point. I checked them out before the library move, you know, to kick off our homeschooling yeah. year. And it's like, I just, I just need to, I need to unburden myself as well as the, the guilt factor of not wanting to take any more out. So are you, are you joining us yep. from your new office? Yep. These are the Full new digs. Nice. Yeah, nice light. And I've got one window that looks into the library itself. So I can oh, kind of cool. get up and see, you know, what's going on out there. Yeah, survey the realm. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. Nice. Well, that that's actually a good segue into my next question, um, which is just about the um, the magnificent architecture. Like, I um, I grew up going to a lot of really, really fantastic fantastically designed libraries um the in in towns in the um the the original library which i grew up going to was it's still probably my favorite building in the town it's just this little brick building but mm. just something about it with there's like ivy creeping up the side and the there's like you know very long it's like it's like kind of gothic almost with like long narrow windows and um you know, that are very high, very high ceilings, um, you know, kind of like some mm. sort of fake marble floor um, in the upstairs. And then the downstairs was like, there was like a room with bars, like a jail. Oh, and cool. um, it was very cement and strange, yeah, very unique. And in school, we had awesome ones. And I'm just so impressed that, you know, because I mean, people build, people build buildings all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a thing that happens, but, um, but people don't put the kind of, um, you know, just absolute care and craft of design into it than we mm -hmm. got here. So tell us a little bit about that process. Were there like multiple designs submitted? Like, did you come up with all of this? I actually um, designed the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was wondering if this was like all um, at your direct instruction. I know. Um, no. So first off, the reason we're, we were able to um, work with such great architects, and our, our architect firm is Ambeha. Mm -hmm. um, they're top quality. Uh, but it's because this is a private-public partnership in terms of funding, right? So the town put in $3 million, and then through private donations, we raised a further $5.5 So it's because of that private piece that we were able to 
you know, push quality up a little bit more. Um, so what we did is we started out, you know, you put out an RFQ and you kind of say, this is what we, this is what we want. These are the guiding principles for our building. And then you get submissions from architects. We had five different firms submit. We interviewed them all with a, a group. Um, I don't remember who all was on that committee, but there was like six people. And then we made our selection. So they're, this group is from Boston and they're just, you know, they're just fantastic to work with. They're, um, I'd say the best thing about this firm is that there was no stupid question. Mm -hmm. You know, you could ask anything and ask it multiple times and they would just, you know, pause and just say, hmm, that's a great, you know, just make you feel heard and, and yeah. unpack the question. So I think because of that, um, that trust and kind of respect for the, the group that of the building committee that they were working with, it helped us to just go through with absolute detail in every single piece. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know, from ventilation systems to lighting to how what materials are we going to pull from the historic building through the new renovation and how can we push the height here and what about you know the the um the site levels you know the um the grading and all, and all that so there there was just so much detail it was a really really fun process i learned yeah, that, a ton. that's like all fascinating stuff that like you just don't yeah. normally always think of you know oh my um, gosh yeah yeah. And, um, like, I, I, I think I said it to you already, but the, like, you know, I followed this whole library process from the beginning, you know, um, you know, watching the construction every day, driving by from the outside, but also like, you know, the plans, the, the previews, the, you know, the virtual mm -hmm. things and all that. And I was still just like blown away walking into it. Like, I mean, just that's great. It's it, it exceeds all expectations. So hopefully Zoe gets over her guilt soon. Yeah, you're gonna come in, there. Zoe. Anybody I mean, else out there too. who is guilty, um, <laughs> try to let go of that and go see the library. Yeah, it it is really grand. I mean, it's it's just such a it's the right size. You know, mm -hmm. it's not too big, mm -hmm. but it is yeah. pretty grand. It's yep. actually the, almost the same footprint as the old library, which is amazing. That it feels huge, yeah. but it's it's actually pretty close to the original square footage. Um, wow. And it just has this, everyone says, I just feel comfortable here. I want to uh -huh. hang out here. And that's yeah. good design, right? It's just a building yes. that you want to be in. So I'm really, I'm really, really happy with it. And shout out to Tina Kreeble because her and I, from the point we got to construction documents, so that's kind of when you finish, uh, you know what you're building, right? And then mm -hmm. the real fun begins, you actually build and you meet th throughout that whole process to check in. And there's so many decisions to be made. And Tina was really, we were partners in crime through the whole thing. That's awesome. Awesome. So we've joked a bunch of times over the past couple of years um, that, you know, our last Monadnock Underground event at the library was our release party for our second quarterly magazine in the in the historic piece of the library mm -hmm. that remains. And so we've joked not only that, you know, that was the last thing that we we shut down the world because that was really the last event that happened before right. everything closed. It was in March. COVID. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. March 2020. Yep. Um, yep. But also that we've joked that the library decided to keep that historic piece 
for the history that Monadnock Underground made with our release party. Because we right. had the event. Because we had the event. We've been claiming this all over town. Yeah. 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 We actually need to get your oil paintings done because we can <laughs> add those above the fireplace. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But we are there. There's new event space in this new library. I hear tell, <laughs> not having seen it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And Monadnock Underground is planning a return. Yes. So we're we will be co-sponsoring a writers. What are we calling it, Chris? Writers' Night Out, or yeah, I think we should call it Writers' Night Out. Yeah, once a month. Yeah. So we'll Sounds put good. it'll be on the other end of the building. So the building kind of has two bookends. There's the historical piece and then the other side's the community wing. And that can be used when we're closed. So that so we kind of partition off the main library, but that flexible space can still be used after hours. So we'll put um, all of our after hour events on that side. Yeah, so I love that. To- we used to um Sorry. do you remember Zoe? We used to do the um the events at the Bow Library. Um, we, the, these were like yeah. statewide gatherings. And so people were coming from all over and Bo was kind of a central location where somebody lived and they had a setup like that where they could, mm-hmm. the, the library could go home and, um, right. the event space was, was there. And, you know, you just like lock up and clean up after you're, after you're done, but like, yeah. tell us, um, so what's, um, what's available for people to, to have, um, for, for events. I mean, there's, there's the big, there's that glorious right. big room, right? Yep. So the big room is called the 1833 room, and that's kind of our main event space. Um, it's very affordable to rent, but you, it is, it's rent only. So that's the one space that, you know, it's not free to anyone um, except the library. Uh, so it's $100 for a two-hour block, or if you rent it after hours and you need staff, then it would be $150. So that room could be used for, um, you know, your family Christmas party. It could be used for a lecture, an event, you know, any time of event. You could seat 100 people in there. Um, we have round tables, rectangle tables. It's very flexible. And then downstairs, there's a classroom that has these really cool tables that actually are charged. So you can move them up or down just with a little button. And they also wow. flip. So you can kind of flip them, push them to the side. But nice. we tried to make everything kind of modular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the boardroom seats 12, and that is meant for, you know, board meetings, kind of a traditional organizational meeting. Um, the bottom rooms are free to any 501c3 nonprofit. Nice. And they are booked. We've had so many groups in there. It's oh, really wow. That's cool awesome. So people used. are already getting in there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's and awesome. And then let's see, there's two other rooms. They are in the main kind of library proper, and those are small meeting rooms. So if you are tutoring someone or you have a, a meeting of four to six people, you can rent that room as well. And those are totally free. Awesome. Awesome. That That's, that's so cool. I mean, that was, that was definitely, I mean, I think as everyone knows, one thing about the other libraries, just like the spaces weren't, there was space in there, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't quite as um, yeah. dynamic as it is now. Um, You're being very you kind. To- yeah. Well, it was, I think it, it's important to be kind to the old building. I don't like to trash yeah. it, but yeah, yeah no, the meeting room was, had charm. It, it was a charming building. <laughs> yeah. But this <laughs> is a huge improvement and it's, you know, there, there are beautiful spaces and I just think it's great that they're mostly free or very affordable. Yeah. So it's really, De- definitely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Brings yeah, back so high school planning, memories. 
high school memories of of tutoring in the in the tutoring room in our library. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's important you have a space for tutors that feels kind of safe and public, right? So it's yeah. kind of there's the glass doors, but also it's private and confidential. So it kind of yeah. needs to be both. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so for our event, um, this will probably be when this episode comes out the first time we're announcing it. It's going to be the, the first one we're going to do is kind of a, a soft launch in November. Um, it'll be Thursday night, November 18th, 530 to 7. And um, that'll be in the 1833 room. And from then on, though, um, see, so the, the second Tuesday of November is Veterans Day. And, um, but that's going to be our regular time from then on. So starting in mm -hmm. December, um, we'll, we'll come in on, uh, looks like the ninth and, um, and we'll do the second, um, Thursday from there. And this is an open mic. So anybody is welcome to come and read. Um, we will have some Monadnock underground writers. If nothing else, we'll have ourselves, um, there mm -hmm. prepared to read. And, uh, but we, this, we very much encourage, uh, members of the public, uh, mm -hmm. whether you've had any contact with us before or not, to come in and uh, and meet us and meet some other writers and um, and read some stuff, even if it's a work in progress. Like this is um, this is supposed to be very um, dynamic and fun. So yeah. uh, we'll have some coffee and tea, and it'll be uh, it'll be a nice time once a month. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's really important. There's some kind of kind of open open ground where anyone that wants to get their work out can just read and experience that. So we'll, yeah, we'll it, definitely be pumping it up huge here. Yeah. And the, the reality is that that idea has always been kind of critical to why we started Manadnock Underground in the first place, you know, it's right. just to encourage more people writing. So with the new space and a, and a regular date, I mean, like we're, we're, th these are, these are dreams of ours that are coming true. Yeah. So it's, Yay. it's pretty awesome. Um, all right. So, um, so hypothetical question, Corinne, mm -hmm. um, a, a little bit outside of um, the, the library realm, um, but like so at some point in the next couple of decades, because, you know, we like to think in, in long, long spans of time sometimes um, at, here at Goman Adnock, um, this might be the first time actually we've done this, but um, so far, <laughs> but uh, you know, let's say centralized um, authority, it breaks down a little bit, you know, um, localities and states and regions are left a little bit more to their own devices. Um, like, could there be like a small regional, like, uh, like neo-feudal fiefdom, like with Peterborough at its center? Hmm. I mean, maybe. You mean, right. I mean, this is very, uh, that's a tough question, Chris. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's very out of out of nowhere. The library is nice, yeah. but <laughs> but could there be a fiefdom? Yeah, I mean, anything is possible, and I hope if that happens, that the farmers are all in charge. You know, I hope that, so too. That it's, that it's revolving around that. Yeah. I think, no, you're right. I think the That's more right. important the more important piece of this question is: Should New Boston be allowed in? <laughs> Yeah, we did talk about that in the first part of the episode, actually, is, is whether or not. But see, the, there's, there's complications with New Boston. Um, Are they Monadnock region? I mean, oh, right? yeah. Yeah, what do you well, think? Well, I'm all about including everyone, so. Yeah, okay, so as, yeah, as expansive cool. a territory as we I'd can. I'd have to, <laughs> as many farms as we can get in Yeah. would be the key, right? Because we need the food source. 
<laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. I'm yep, totally with cool. you. All right, great. We just wanted, we figured the audience, um, as you know, the, the audience, as we discussed before we got on the air, um, would definitely, um, I mean, know, know. if you want to get apocalyptic, I'm right with you. Yeah, right Although, on. Food hey, storage, that's good to know. water, you got to think about your water supply. Yeah, well, to that point, you know, that great um, Cold Springs deal uh, with Jaffrey, you know, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of like the first step there, you know, securing mm-hmm. additional water for the, for the entire territory. I mean, someday we're going back to candles. So yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it cer- certainly seems that way. It certainly happen. Seems that way. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, I bet you the new library will be candle compatible that we will just have to exercise a lot more, uh, fire safety caution. Well, we are totally on biomass, so as long as we can get wood chips and we've got solar on the roof, oh, theory, wow. we might be able to keep the library running. So, so you're prepared the, for the apocalypse. Parliament could be at here. The library. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This could be right like there. the building. In the 1833 yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. this. Which has lots Good. of windows. So you could have you could be scouting your perimeter. Right that near makes the me optimistic for the future. Yeah. Told yeah. you. I can go there. Yeah. No, I'm glad I'm glad I asked. I'm glad I asked. And no, it's a comfort to know that the library yeah, is there for us in this matter as well. Too. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything All else right. exciting coming up in the library that you want to want to share with us? Uh, yeah, one thing. So we have a couple new book clubs that we formed. Um, so we've got our traditional kind of literary book club that's still running. Um, but I started a new club. It's called the Interior Life. Very uh interior yeah um and we're going to read anything by the great mystics basically it's a exploration of spirituality um earth and science kind of book club so our first book is einstein's god by krista tippett thought that'd be a good kind of way to uh jump in um, and then I'm thinking we might read Art and Physics by Leonard Schlein as our second read. I don't know if you've read that book yet, but it's fantastic. No, I haven't um, read either of those. That's awesome. So it's kind of a philosophical, I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but um, yeah. I'm excited about it. So we will be meeting the second, no, wait, the first Tuesday of every month at uh, six o'clock. Cool. Cool. I'm, I'm in for that. Um, and then we also started a book club for families. So it's for families to kind of read a book together, kind of um, towards grade school level. So maybe, you know, first through fifth-ish, depending on um, your child's reading level. And, you know, I don't, I'd have to look on our website on the exact details. I'm not, not ready. Hold on. I'm going to tell you. It's okay. This happened a bunch in the first part of the episode too. And I was like, you know, when we're really successful, we'll have like the producer guy, you know, who's right. like, off the yeah, air who's just like, like yeah, yo, Jerry, hey. like, you, you got that fact for me? <laughs> exactly. They all got one of those guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Liz, oh, no. Families read together. Oh, first nice. meeting is November 17th at 4 p.m. And it's for first through fourth graders, and they could pick up the book at the kids' help desk. That is awesome. Very cool. Two new exciting programs. Well, good luck with the podcast and everything you guys are doing. It's super entertaining. I've been checking out your website and um, I look forward to your next publication too. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. And thanks for being our first guest. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> All right. Let's do this again. Talk about the apocalypse a little bit. We, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you on periodically for updates. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. All right. Take care.